Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. E-L-C. In, you know it's time to begin, and wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to ELC. Woo! Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run, or hey, maybe you're doing chores, maybe you're walking your dog, whatever the case, we're so glad you're joining us. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada, spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who has no idea what it's like to get snow at the end of May. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. We don't talk about snow. No, no, no. <laughs> snow to my house. Snow to my snow. house. Uh, yesterday, the day before. Just uh, eight inches of snow in my house at the end of May. That's how it works in Denver. Okay. I mean, I mean I, I, I'm not sure. I, I guess that checks out. You live at a place that has mountains and is cold. Checks map, checks out. Not in like, May. <laughs> it's going to be spring. May. We literally had to save our trees because the trees had already been springing for spring. They had blooms and, and summer buds. And then when snow comes, it will damage the trees that they were bending and bowing and branches were breaking. It and my like wife, you got, dumb, you got, you got dumb trees up there. That's what it's, that's all I, all I'm Man, hearing you know is nothing. You know, nothing. I know about, that I have four seasons just like you do. Mm-hmm. I have almost fire season, about to be fire season, rut row, it's fire season, and time to prep for next fire season. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it was, it was very strange. I was, I was in Atlanta where it was 90 degrees and humid. And my wife is here. It, it was, it literally went from a high of 80 on Tuesday to a high of 42 the next day. That's wow. That's where I live. That's what, that's my life now, Christian. Everybody else except us is going, yeah, dude, that's welcome to the rest of the country, you idiot. No, that's literally what I was saying. Not except us. Mm. I was also one of those people saying that. Yes, you mm, moved yeah. from Calif- Southern California to seasons. I don't yeah. know. I mean, but yes, that does seem odd for May. But then again, uh, you know. It's the end of the world as we know it. I feel so fine. We're hanging out. Hey, uh, we want to th- uh, send a special thank you to our patrons who are listening. Thank you for supporting the show at patreon.com slash DLC pod. If you are one of our patrons, you are the reason this show exists. And you also get bonus cool stuff, including ad-free episodes, bonus content, like an entire bonus show we call paid DLC. Uh, lots of fun had there. We got an extra special episode, bonus content. Uh, frequent guest Danish Syed uh, laid the la- laid down a, a lawyery like treatise. He fished us in. We won't spoil it uh, if you haven't listened, patrons. But hey, if you want to become a patron, it's easy. All you got to do is go over to patreon.com slash DLC pod and you can become one too. 
Uh, we got a big week uh, to talk about uh, all kinds of interesting, juicy stuff in the news. We got uh, some cool video games to talk about that just came out. We also have an awesome guest, a first-timer. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I am so excited because DLC stands for Dad Linked to a Company. Because from the Mega Dads, we have Nintendo Reviews editor Will Schultz joining us for the first time. Hey, Will. Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to have you. Happy to talk. We don't have a ton of Nintendo-specific news to talk about, but I'm anxious to get your thoughts on a whole variety of topics uh, that we will dig into shortly. But uh, we are a big fan of the the whole Mega Dads universe and uh, happy to talk to a, a new uh, a new guest uh, from that universe. So thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. All right. Let's dive in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's also where you would send comments or questions, anything you'd like us to know or hear from you. We love hearing from you. So dlcfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. We also have a couple of great communities that I urge you to take part in, including our Discord, which is, uh, I've, I've been hanging out in more and more lately. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's been around quite a long time, but I'm finally getting hip to it. Uh, being in there uh, often and hanging out in the new uh, episode feedback channel that just started up too. That is 5 by 5 DLC on Discord. Uh, and also our subreddit, which has been around a long time too. Great folks hanging out in both of those places. 5 by 5 dlcredditcom is that place. But wondrous, Will, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Well, uh, I think I'm going to have to pick the most positive thing that I've come across and go with uh, God of War's accessibility options that they went over. Yes. Uh, well, the new God of War Ragnarok, which uh, still still slated for this year, as far as we know, although, you know, it, that remains an optimistic <laughs> viewpoint, I think, in, in my opinion. But uh, definitely uh, interesting that they're, you know, they're re- releasing information about the game. And this is one of the first things that they've released is uh, this uh, really, I think, impressive suite of accessibility options for God of War Ragnarok, including stuff that I think should be just just standard for all video games. Stuff like, you know, adjustable screen type, you know, the size of the screen uh, type is adjustable. Uh, Tell me why you um, are drawn to this story, Will. (laughs) Well, uh I guess the thing that sticks out the most to me is they're going to do more with text sizing. And that is maybe my single biggest complaint about the God of War that for PS4. I forget the year. But <laughs> yeah. I, they, they added it in later. But even then, you couldn't make it very large. And I mean, I had to move and <laughs> it's because I'm old and my eyes are failing me. I had to move like different chairs into the room to like get closer to the TV to even read it. Because the text yeah. in that game was just so small. Yeah. The, so changing both subtitles and captions as well as the menu uh, yeah. fonts uh, sizes, which, you know, is super useful uh, to folks that 
you know, of, of all stripes, I would say, uh, you know, this is uh, it labeled accessibility and it is certainly yeah. uh, helpful in that regard. But I think, you know, it's just, it's just convenience for everyone on a, on a certain <laughs> level. And, uh, but, but, but that, there are over 60 mm-hmm. accessibility options that uh, Sony Santa Monica highlighted in this blog post, um, including aim style, block style, persistent dot reticle, um, there's blur and and subtitle uh, background colors. Uh, there are icons that you can change the size of. And then uh, controller mapping, which is a huge, yes. huge benefit. I think all, another thing that just should be standard in all games. Um, there's a high contrast mode uh, that allows you to, you know, uh, people who have uh, a, a sight impairment allows them to uh, pick out objects that are... Um, important in the game much much better like i said over 60 there's navigation assist traversal assist audio cues um we already saw another sony first party studio uh, naughty dog really uh, lead the way in a lot of these accessibility options and i it's it seems like these first party sony studios are doing a, a great job picking up that torch and carrying it forward will tell me about um you know what you think this means for the for the industry is it, is this going to be do you think it'll continue to be uh something that you know we need to highlight in individual games or will it permeate in a more uh you know ubiquitous sense i mean you, you hope this kind of stuff becomes ubiquitous but there is absolutely no harm in highlighting and bringing attention to what you're doing and certainly at this early phase where it's not as widespread as it should be these first party AAA titles taking the time to spell out all the things that they're doing to kind of try to set, maybe try to set some kind of example. Uh, You really do. You want everyone to take part in this so that everybody can play these games. More people can play these games and enjoy them. But um, yeah. And it's wonderful that, that, you know, these, uh, these big expensive AAA games can be enjoyed by the widest possible audiences uh, Christian, I know that you're a big proponent of this stuff, as I'm I. Uh, great to see Sony Santa Monica, not, not only as as Will pointed out, you know, having these features, which is a huge boon, but making, uh, you know, announcing it from the rooftops, making it a big part of their pre-release PR s- uh, schedule that it feels like, hey, this is this got into the news cycle. We're talking about it on this show. Lots of folks are talking about it. It's kind of the first thing we're hearing about ragnarok after a long silence i think that's significant it is and i think it will remain significant for some time i look forward to the day i think as will said or alluded to where it's maybe less significant and it's just an option like when is something just an option versus an accessibility feature versus in jeff as you mentioned like all of this stuff is kind of just standard and included i i love seeing this stuff i love microsoft's um adaptive controller and the support that they've shown there and the adaptability for that and anything that gets more people playing games the better the only good thing about me taking well having a the week that was last week and not getting the newsletter out is now that this has come out and i get to wrap this uh announcement into that discussion about quote-unquote easy modes And I feel like anything that lets people play games and experience them, the better. 
And I like the way the conversations are heading in terms of being proud of this stuff and talking about it. And it's not just, it comes out and someone's like, oh my gosh, you can do this, you know? And it's like buried in some, sub menu of a menu of a menu. Um, so I think it's yeah. great. And I think Sony has been doing a really good job with this stuff in their first party studios. And we are seeing more and more of it with other studios as well. And you mentioned Jeff, uh, last of us part two, it looks like right now that, um, Ragnarok is kind of on par in terms of number of features that um, Last of Us Part Two had. And at the time when Last of Us Part Two came out, it was um, widely regarded as the most accessible um, mm-hmm. game. They talked about how completely sight impaired players were able to complete it and finish it and have that experience. And um, I love I love seeing more of this stuff. And also, maybe the juiciest thing we got from this is fellas, enemies in God of War Ragnarok confirmed. They let that little tidbit sneak out. There are enemies. There are enemies. So uh, I don't know why that's not the big headline, you know? I was really hoping uh, it was going to be a full-on dad simulator, and it was just going to (laughs) be lessons, long talks, you know, getting grounded. Um, Friend of the show, James Stevenson, had a tweet, I think today, as we are recording this, saying, uh, being the parent of a toddler is a lot like being an invisible wall in a video game. Just constantly saying, please <laughs> yeah. return to the play area. Please yeah. return to the play area. If you don't return to the play area in five seconds, we have to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry, James, for I'm attributing your That's your pretty bit, good. But that was very good. Very, very funny. Uh, you know, another thing about this story is that I think it points to, it, as if we needed another example, but uh, it is another example of the fact that video games are not a niche form of entertainment, right? The, the, this... This is the kind of thing you put into mainstream entertainment to make as many folks as possible able to experience your entertainment. Nobody is like, hey, the new Batman movie has closed captioning. It's like, yeah, obviously. Like, like if you watch the new Batman movie on a streaming service, you're gonna there's gonna be closed cap. Duh, of course. Yes. Uh, that's just obvious. There's no universe where they would put that out without closed captioning. And I think hopefully we get to that point. Obviously, there are many more, uh, you know, intricacies in in making video games, interactive entertainment, accessible, and and there, therefore you see sixty plus options. But I do hope this kind of thing catches on and becomes just a standard and as obvious and a no brainer as closed captioning on a streaming service would be. Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? So there's one thing that is definitely my story of the week, but there's another thing that I want to chat about first for a little bit. And I want to I want to tee it up because I think it's an important discussion. Um, so I'm going to pull a Jeff and, and kind of rope in two things. And, and one is a little more um, DLC patented heavy and serious. And the other is a video game, <laughs> a video, video game news story. Um and uh, GameIndustry.biz, uh, a website that I often enjoy, has had two articles. One is an op-ed and the other was an article recently kind of reacting to some of the news that has come out or events, world events that have come out. And the first one that um, for a time, Jeff, on this show, we would often talk about um, the difficulty of covering shooty shoot violent video games when there's so much violence around us every day. And then unfortunately it seemed like 
um, that violence, the real world violence was just unrelenting. And I don't want to make it seem like it quit having an impact on me, but it was hard for every week for us to go or for me, I should say, well, there was another one. Mm -hmm. Um, but recently in the United States, there were multiple every week. There are multiple. Um, and there was a, um, racist terrorist attack, hate crime committed in Buffalo, New York. Um, and the racist murderer who committed those acts streamed it live on Twitch where this is currently being streamed right now, um, as we're recording it. And the person wrote themselves discord messages kind of like the way you would write um a note to yourself or tie a ribbon on your finger or email yourself a reminder um like a daily journal messages to themselves about the things they were going through um their acts were heinous and disgusting um and all of the other things that could be said along those lines on GameIndustry.biz, there is an op-ed about, um, it's called Inaction Speaks Louder Than Words, and I guess it's in their This Week in Business section. And it talks about how hate thrives in so many of the online cultures that I, as someone who loves video games, also frequents and takes part in. Uh, Twitch, Discord, Reddit, um, other parts of the internet. And how when these horrible things happen, these uh, large um, places oftentimes say the right words, but time and time and time again, these things kind of are allowed to happen. And and this um, GameIndustry.biz article kind of goes through a series of other events that are similar and then are not listening to the people of color that work at the thing when they present something as being problematic and kind of allowing it to potentially thrive. And there's a quote in it that I want to pull out that, um, as I, as I scroll to it here, it's, um, a common thread among these stories is that the people who run these platforms have not taken the views expressed on them seriously, assuming for the sake of argument that they don't actually agree with the hate they're helping foster then the only reason to look the other way is because they don't think it's a big deal. And I think that's, that's powerful. And I think it's, it's powerful to see it in a large, you know, gaming website or a a serious gaming publication kind of drawing attention to that. And it's something that Jeff, you and I have certainly done on this show before. And I didn't want another week to kind of go by without drawing attention to it. I don't have the answer. Uh, I'm not going to expect Will to solve it as our guest this week. (laughs) Jeff, I don't think you've figured it out, but I think our, as our community and, and folks who are engaged in this as a hobby, I think it's important to, to keep calling out and looking at, there was a, um, and I'll stop my monologue here in a second, I promise. Recently, the men's and women's national team, soccer teams here in the U.S., um, the unions and, and organizations got together and agreed to equal pay for both teams uh, from 
at World Cup tournaments and stuff like that. And there was a quote from uh, one of the men's representatives saying, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something along the lines of like, this is a big deal and it took far too long for this to happen, but I'm glad we finally got it done now. It's never too late to make a difference. And so the, here's this guy saying like, yeah, we kind of brushed this off and ignored it. It's not our problem for a long time. And it is, and it was, and I'm happy to be here now um, and help with this change. And I think for me, you know, in whatever way I can, that's kind of where I want to land um, on this stuff. So Jeff, I know I kind of uh, talked for a very long time, <laughs> but I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of talk on this also. And I think, I think we've done a good job on this show trying to foster that positive community. Um, but I also know that we are not, and I am not perfect. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot there to, uh, respond to it's, um, it's a heavy topic and it's one that, um, saddens me greatly that this kind of repugnant stuff exists at all. And that, and then that it is so linked to this hobby that I enjoy so much. Um, it's tough. It's tough. I don't think it is something unique to gamer culture. Uh, I don't think it is something inextricably tied to that. I mean, certainly my experience as someone whose lifetime mirrors the growth of video games, right? I, I was born about the time that video games were born and my life has been uh, all video games, you know, the same the, in parallel. And it doesn't seem to me, I, I have experienced so much positivity from yes. uh, video games and uh, so many people whose lives have been, uh, have, have benefited from the play of video games who have made uh, wonderful connections to other human beings. And um, there's just, you know, we're speaking to the choir now, right? We're preaching to the choir. And and, and I know well, everybody the story listening. we just talked about is the accessibility features. that's bringing right. even more of that, which is great. Like it's great. It it's changes great. lives. Yeah. And it's, you know, and you hear these stories like, Oh, the, you know, these, these horrible, this horrible person was a gamer. It's like, yeah, but the horrible, horrible person probably was also a TV watcher and a, you know, who knows what else? Like, it, I mean, they were a big fan of My Little Pony, evidently, right? I don't think My Little Pony radicalized this person. Um, it, 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 it's unfortunate that these things are linked. And and I do think that there are these awful uh, communities online that help um, turn these thoughts in, uh, target them, right? Because... You know, this person, you know, if, if you read enough about this person, you know that they had, they literally were trying to go to jail to get healthcare to deal with a toothache. Like there are lots of big problems here. Uh, not, I don't think the, the, the chief among them is gaming. I do think that it is, it is unfortunate and infuriating that these folks can find places to congregate online and encourage one another and stoke th these perceived slights into something that results in these heinous acts. But I don't agree with, I honestly don't agree with the sentence that you read, hmm. uh, which is the only reason to look the other way is because they don't think it's a big deal. I don't think that's the only reason it may be the reason. And that would be a, a pretty bad reason. 
but there, you know, nothing on, I will, I will say nothing on discord or Slack or any of these, you know, private companies, nothing is protected by the first amendment. Right. But it, I don't, I do think there could be another reason to not police it in, in a very uh, intense way. And that is that perhaps some of the folks that run these sites feel like as repugnant and awful as some of this speech is, that is what democracy is about, is about speech that you don't like being possible. Um, so, and this, this is a much larger topic. It's not something that I necessarily am, am saying that I feel. Uh, I'm just saying that I don't necessarily think, well, the only other reason is they don't care. I, I, I don't know if that's true. I do think there could be much more done to stop the radicalization uh, and, and to, you know, but again, this is a much bigger topic than a enthusiast podcast can tackle. We are, um, yes, we are not going to solve it. Uh, Will is also not going to have the answer. It, it, it's just, it keeps touching, you know, the edges of the communities uh, that we frequent. And I think it's true of others too. Yeah. This person maybe loved uh, F1, like, uh, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Or like pe- pe- awful people love golf. Awful people. Yeah. Um, it's not are part of my family, <laughs> extended family. Yeah. It's not, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not it, it, one does. Uh, yeah. What, um, um, what's the phrase? Uh, uh, correlation is not causation. Um, yeah. but we'll, um, you know, I, I feel bad, uh, <laughs> tossing in the deep end here, but, uh, do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share? Mm, um, I wish I knew what the answer to this kind of stuff was. I really do. It's absolutely disgusting to see this happen time and time again. And it's distressing that, I mean, as someone who is not you know, necessarily directly involved, it's, it's distressing to see these kinds of things get pinned to this hobby that we enjoy that has so much good to offer potentially. And I mean, that's an insignificant problem, you know, in context to this kind of thing, but I, I don't know. I, I wish I had more answers. I do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we are the only, uh, (laughs) the only country in the world where this happens with this kind of regularity we are yeah. certainly not the only country in the world where a lot of people play video games. Right. Or so, have access to these platforms. I mean, I think yes. for me, this this gamesindustry.biz article is less about video games and more about these platform holders doing what they can to root out evil that are that exists on them. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, that the onion headline that they post several times a week, it seems like. Um yeah. Only country in the world where this happens can't think of how not to make this happen or whatever. It yeah, is. yeah. Like yeah. other countries have access to these online tools as well, and it does not happen with the frequency <laughs> in which it happens here. Yeah, um, and it's a bummer. But I, I, I will. Um, I, I felt not obligated. I wanted to bring that up on this show. I love this show and I love our audience and I encourage people to go read the article, um, on gamesindustry.biz in general. And, um, we'll talk more about some other stuff that I've been reading in terms of the, this game space and, 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 and 
positive, I think, changes and, and some less positive changes, things that are occurring in it um, later, maybe next week or so. Um, but I will do the, the fun part now of pivoting. Um, I prob- I'm probably traveling, Jeff. Let's be honest. I'm picking up both feet. I'm taking five steps to the hoop. It's an awkward transition. It's yeah. uh, I, I get called for traveling uh, for sure. Um, but I think the biggest story of this week in terms of um, video games, um, strictly enthusiast press video games, is this reporting that's come out that one of the largest video game publishers in existence is looking to maybe get out or merge <laughs> or sell or get some of that the, sweet moolah get some of them billions at a parent I, I i will say this my i took my dog on a walk and she pooped and i picked it up and with the poop i picked up 10 billion there was just 10 billion dollars <laughs> on the ground that used to be everywhere not, not with not with this economy anymore christian it's uh <laughs> maybe two weeks ago you could have said that not, not no, anymore. i did i found it 10 bill it's on the ground um yeah we don't know EA how many bill huge we don't know how many bill ea is looking to uh be sold for or even if they're actually looking to be sold there there is there is actually a report that that they prefer this idea of merging that there was apparently a deal with nbc universal that was uh, pretty uh, pretty far along uh, that uh, Comcast CEO Brian Roberts was looking to spin off uh, their entertainment conglomerate into a separate entity alongside EA to sort of merge those things. Uh, what would that be called? EA cast? Com, com, com EA? Com, ca- com chaos or something? Elect- <laughs> uh, electronic <laughs> cast? <laughs> arts com i don't know eh, i'm sure the chat will have a much better idea uh but uh this this evidently fell apart over price not enough bees in that ilian i guess um but that uh, ea is still uh still shopping themselves around saying hey we like uh all the activision blizzard <laughs> action <laughs> well, we can do that um this kind of uh i think this this kind of story to me ruins that fun surprise when it when it gets announced and we're like what ea2 whoa now it's like oh now we knew that we knew it was happening so this is kind of a spoiler story as far as i'm concerned but uh will do you have any uh any feelings about a possibility of ea getting out the game or changing things up what do you think um man uh (laughs) trying very hard to be polite um I don't know. This it doesn't surprise me. I'm sure EA would love this kind of thing. And of course they want a merger more than they want, you know, to be consumed <laughs> to for lack of a better term. Uh I don't know. It's weird what's been going on over there. Um cuz they've shed FIFA. Yeah. Or well, the licensing for FIFA. Right. And you know, their Star Wars exclusivity, I think is up or is coming up soon i don't remember there's so the many other star wars yeah so many other star wars is happening everywhere so yeah right so it's either over or it's almost over and i maybe it's just the bubble that i'm in but i don't hear a lot of positive buzz about ea much in the first place so i have a <laughs> i have a hard time believing that something good would come out of this. I'm not one for the consolidation of all these companies together anyway, 
but this one seems like ah okay no this is this is definitely not going to help anyone that plays video games or does whatever the other half of this merger happens to be about <laughs> right right yeah i mean um obviously there are literally hundreds of uh developers employees of electronic arts that would be affected right. and uh one could imagine a universe where those folks are in a better situation uh i don't know if that would be the result of a a possible sale like this or a merger um but you know as as resident pollyanna here on uh, dlc i'd like to imagine that this would result in some positive uh movement for those folks or some realization of um better possibilities or uh better games wider slate of games it does seem like ea alongside activision have have narrowed and narrowed and narrowed their focus mm -hmm. onto just a few key franchises battlefield sports games uh, star wars i i don't know the plural of star wars <laughs> star wars is, is. um so uh you know maybe maybe there's a universe where hey all that old ea ip in the same way that when microsoft got activision you saw those stories about you know hand rubbing together like look at all this back catalog ip we can mine and to me that you know from a gamer's perspective that's the fun part right that's the that's the silver lining of this weird you know mega capitalistic conglomerate consolidation machine happening is like well hey there's new folks uh, involved in the decision making process maybe some new fun interesting decisions uh and so i guess that would be my hope or something like this but it does seem weird that this story is leaking and they're like we just somebody buy us just somebody with some billions <laughs> just who's a who's got the most billions you know um so i i'm i'm gonna hold off any kind of real speculation until we see something actually happen and eh, christian no yeah i i do feel like this one feels a ways out it and um you know, Ubisoft is the, uh, another name that gets floated around a lot in term in this acquisition race that's happening right now. Um, and it's interesting because EA was often floated around as an acquirer, not an acquired. <laughs> you know, like, oh, EA will buy Ubisoft, and they, yeah, they will do it. And now it's like, oh, well, they're maybe looking to, you know, maybe like a merger is potentially different in terms of how it's presented. All I could think is just a. Uh, you know what happened in what this would look like in the succession or billions uh conversation like the the dramatization tv mm. world of these high stake <laughs> business negotiations and I, I was trying to think about ea's back catalog and it, you know it there's some good stuff but a lot of it is is very back right mm -hmm. a lot of their current catalog is license dependent and i'm curious how a post fifa license ea soccer game does the EA soccer game certainly has been very profitable for them uh, with their ultimate team. And that kind of is where it started and then spread to their other sports franchises. Um, so I'm curious what they see their value as in terms of, you know, tech with, I guess, frostbite and stuff like that. And then well, I think they see their value as higher than anybody has been willing to <laughs> tell them so far, which is yes. why this hasn't happened yet. Yes, their IP and then also the developers on, you know, the the staff on on payroll. It seems like it'd be, um, again, I think I did this on paid DLC, to quote Qui-Gon Jen or Obi-Wan, I forget who says it in episode one, 
There's always a bigger fish. I think I it's Qui-Gon. Qui -Gon. Yeah. Qui yeah. There needs to be a much bigger fish to swallow EA. And I'm curious if we will start hearing about some trimming of the fat, so to speak, some Square Enix approach to EA, where all of a sudden, like, Tiburon is its own studio or something. Like, DICE is fully independent. I mean, it's all speculation their now. Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. it is nice of you to bring up Qui-Gon with Will here, because Will... <laughs> <laughs> looks exactly like Qui-Gon Oh, thank you. <laughs> you flatterer. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, it remains to be seen. Again, this is a this is this is one of those like it ain't happened yet stories, but Right. Do you think do you think EA would settle for a smaller amount of money for just the dusty filing cabinet in the basement that has all those ancient IP in it? Are you offering? Are you you're like, <laughs> "Hey, I bet I could rustle up some uh some tens of monies for those. Tens of monies. I, they won't even know it's gone. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, is there an is there an old EA property that you have in mind in particular? Will um, borrowed time for perhaps. <laughs> That's gosh, an old favorite I, of mine. I'm trying to remember. Arctic some Fox. of the older companies they ate up. <laughs> I, I'd take I'd take I'd take SSX. Yes, okay, SSX. I would love SSX. Road rash. Um, what about uh, Larry Bird and Doctor J one on one? Can I get a new version of that game, please? Fine, and, but it's sure. like them yeah, let's today. remaster it. Let's do it. <laughs> it it's them so like sitting down and eating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that it's a coaching sim now. It's weird. Devolver uh, <laughs> Digital, Devolver Digital, and their tweet I would love. Was, uh, I would love Devolver to do that. Devolver said, somebody's going to buy EA, then find out there's like 10 more smaller purchases after you own it to get all the content. That's, that's, that is some choice trolling right there. It is. That like, is oh, oh, you bought us. Oh, well, you didn't buy access to the 13th floor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll happily yeah. sell you that as a microtransaction. Yeah. Or, you know yeah. what? Honestly, just buy this uh, mystery box and the 13th floor content might be in it. You don't know. Could be. Who knows uh, what's in here? <laughs> All right. Well, you've left me my my favorite story of the week, which is an actual new game announcement. One I have been eagerly anticipating every ever since I heard of the the formation of Second Dinner, the new development studio uh, that was founded by a bunch of of folks that I had been following at Blizzard for a long, long time, uh, and now they actually have a game marvel snap they got that marvel license uh this is uh gonna be published by newverse which is a company owned by tiktok's parent company bite dance I, mean, I love when you hear these company names it's like <laughs> these companies literally like shape massive amounts of what i consume i've never heard of them you know bite dance yeah. nah. but of course they're multi-billion dollar companies right uh anyway you this could is, have made it up yeah uh <laughs> i believe you <laughs> um this is going to be, you know, a lot of the folks that that were behind uh, Hearthstone, and this is going to be Hearthstone with the Marvel license, basically. But I love the announcement video, which is which is saying, "Hey, remember how Hearthstone was like? What if magic but streamlined? Yeah. Well, what if Hearthstone but really streamlined? I love how the whole idea here is take a CCG." And make it playable in three minutes. Make matches, head-to-head -head matches with a CCG playable in three minutes. And let's make deck building 
streamlined down to 12 cards in your deck. Boom. That's it. In, you're out. Uh, I, I'm very fascinated about this. So it's all, obviously Marvel licensed. So it's got, you know, all the, the parade of Marvel characters as a Marvel zombie from way back. Super excited by that. The art looks awesome. And this uh, ultra fast, uh, you know, mobile game. So, you know, play it standing in line, play it on the toilet, I guess. You know, you got you got just a few minutes. You can get in, get out of Game of Marvel Snap. <laughs> and it's uh, all about uh, getting cosmic cubes. And then you snap to uh, at a certain point to double your rewards, potentially. Evidently, all the cards will be uh, earnable through play. Obviously, this thing will have tons of microtransactions, I'm sure, but it is, I believe it is completely free to play. Uh, we don't know a release date yet, but there will be a closed beta for Android users. Uh, they're already taking signups for. Will, did you have a chance to see any of the press around Marvel Snap? And if so, what do you make of it? I saw the video, and I'm a little curious about the uh, everybody plays at the same time right. kind of aspect to it, the simultaneousness of it. And I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, I guess it's free. I can try see if I like that idea. But um, I don't know. I like card games. I like card games, but <laughs> I, I have that little bit of hesitancy with everybody going all at once. Is it going to be I guess you build a small deck. You're supposed to just know your deck inside and out. Like, I, I don't know. And yeah, I, I don't know how you um, how you react to to the moves of the opponent if you're both playing at the same time. Same I'm not time. clear on how that that works, but you know Ben Brode is is part of this group. Uh, a lot of the folks who helped create and popularize Hearthstone is that Hearthstone is a game that I was completely addicted to for a, a period of time. I love tabletop games. I love card games. I love Marvel. Uh, this one's a, a no-brainer for me, and I think that the pedigree of you this... Love, you love snapping. I do love <laughs> snapping. The only reason I bought a Switch. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the pedigree of this, of this developing group, you know, it's a new develop first, first game from, from Second Dinner, but it's a bunch of people have made stuff that I really uh, have, a high, uh, have we, high esteem for. You've had their first dinner. So you're excited for their second dinner. It was a delicious dinner. It was a very, it was a hearthstone. It was as a first dinner. It's a pretty good dinner. And this is their second dinner. If if these, if, if these folks are coming out and saying, Hey, we, we figured out a way to do a trading card game where you play at the same time. I'm going to be like, I believe you I'm in, but I, I do agree that that is uh, that does sound crazy. So crazy. It just might work. (laughs) It might, it might. I mean, they certainly have, the credentials for me to believe they can pull it off. It's just something I'm having a hard time conceptualizing. Right, right. Christian, did you uh, did you get a load of this Marvel Snap action? Yeah, I mean, the art is what drew me in, right? Like, that's the the staying power. Hearthstone had me for a teensy bit, and then it, 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 a lot of CCGs I suffer from um, analysis paralysis and, like, get lost in the meta. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to – this is the one I'm going to figure out. And I dive in really deep for a couple of weeks, and then I'm like, I went too deep. <laughs> Never again. I cannot play anymore. But this feels um, like the, this is exactly addressing that problem in the sense of it, that's you know, what I'm building fewer cards to worry about. You know, it, it just feels like all of that – all of the yeah. – baggage of that stuff it just feels like they're trying to strip away yeah i'm i'm interested right on my interest is peaked i'm very curious because i feel like the other side of that 
the bigger deck and this that, and the other is comes the depth and the a lot of the fun for folks is figuring those things out um but the art looks great i love i love marvel so i i'm definitely going to keep an eye out for this i'm just ready for the next game that really cracks the code and makes it like a 15 second ccg and you yeah. just open your pack and don't get the card you want and no, that's I, it um, that's the yeah. end of it you're just like oh <laughs> yeah i was gonna tell you i, I just uh, i invented a card game you have already played it and you and you did great so just feel good about how well you did yeah it's a game yeah. that it's a game that the, the matches are so fast they already happened <laughs> maybe that's how this works you play at the same time and then it just tells both of you that you win it's like will you won jeff you won and you're both like yes and then you want to play again everybody Everyone's feels platinum. good nobody did anything yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. you play at the same time because there's no interactivity no, you win <laughs> you want to buy a new card pack i guess so i just dominated that wow, last i'm game. doing so great do i even need one yes you do <laughs> <laughs> oh okay <laughs> you click no you start losing <laughs> uh, anyway I, I'm, I'm excited for marvel snap i hope uh, i hope we hear more about it I, i'm i don't have any android devices or i'd be in that i'd be signing up for that beta and i'm a, you know i'm a dumb ios guy <laughs> oh well uh all right well <laughs> let's uh let's get into a discussion of some of the games that we have been playing first I gotta tell you about our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace! Oh, Squarespace. How I love thee! I have been a, a, a user of Squarespace for over a decade. JeffCanada.com built on Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Stand out with a beautiful website. Engage your audience and sell anything, your products, the content you create, even your time, easily, beautifully, with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy for creators to monetize their content and their expertise in a way that fits their brand. You got that member area. This is the new Squarespace. It's, it's streamlined for content creators. And in that member area, you can unlock a new revenue stream for yourself and for your business and free up time in your schedule by selling access to gated content like videos, online courses, or newsletters. And if you want to build videos, oh, I got news for you. Squarespace has a video studio that lets you create pro-level videos effortlessly. The Squarespace Video Studio app helps you make and share engaging videos to tell your story, grow your audience, and drive sales. Plus, you can sell stuff right there on your website. It's so easy to sell products in an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. Plus, they've got analytics to help you grow your business, appointment scheduling uh, with online booking for your classes or sessions. Everything you need, everything you need. And we have what you need to get started at a discount, go to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. You get yourself a free trial. You can build a website, see all these great tools. And then when you're ready to launch, use our offer code, which is Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. You'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain because Squarespace is also a great place to buy domain names. They, over have, they have over 200 extensions for you to choose from. And a really cool front end that makes buying a domain simple and useful. 
So again, squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me for your free trial. And then when you're ready to launch your site and only when you're ready to launch, after you've already set everything up, you've seen how cool it can be. You've used all the tools, all of that for free. Just check it out. Then when you're ready to launch, use that promo code Jeff sent me to save 10% off your first purchase. Thanks to Squarespace for supporting the show for so many years. We are grateful. All right, it is time to talk about the games that we have been playing. And Will, you're up first. What is on your playlist this week? <laughs> I've spent the past couple of days playing the early access version of Little Witch in the Woods um on game pass it's one i'd heard of and i knew a little bit about going in so it was on early access and i decided to dive in and give it a shot and what do you think of it and uh so far i think this is probably gonna be pretty good Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um you are sort of a a sort of a zelda like it looks like uh, uh you know uh Top down, um, you know, you're in a, in a cutesy world, uh, doing cool stuff as a little witch. I'd say probably a little more Stardew Valley than it is Zelda. Ah, okay. Um, I haven't encountered any combat as of yet. Oh, great! So may not be there at all. Who knows? Um, you are a little, <laughs> you're a little witch. You got off a train. Your train stopped because there was something on the tracks. You got off. They let you wander into the woods, and they left without you. So now you live in an abandoned witch house. And you try to make a living for yourself until the train comes back. Huh. And I have collected and collected plants and feathers. And I pulled some fluff off of a small animal. I <laughs> ran it through and extract like some kind of terrible wall mounted juicer, <laughs> brewed a potion out of it, made some candy. I'm having a good time so far. The first it's- thing you do, my, my understanding, the first thing you do when you miss your train is you defluff some animals in the woods. That's you want to get that as much animal fluff <laughs> as possible. This is what I, I learned in Scouts. Now, first I found a really cool bird, and then I started to pull the fluff off small animals. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you know, you're one step ahead of the game. <laughs> I guess so. So, the, so you said this is kind of a Stardew Valley like. Uh, is there something that separates it other than its kind of uh, witch angle? Uh, I guess. I the, mean, there's no farming mm-hmm. of any description. I just kind of went. I kind of use that as like a non-violent kind of example, mm-hmm. like, though I guess in Stardew you do fight in the mines. But that's certainly not what the focus is here. It's So far it just seems to be I'm just recording things in my little journal, finding recipes. I found a small fox child stuck in a spider web and I got him out. And he's... <laughs> He's pretty nice, I guess. You mean like a like a baby fox, not a not like some boy <laughs> fox hybrid. More fox than boy, but <laughs> he, he was all right. <laughs> he had he had his little outfit on. He's oh, he's, oh okay, so yeah. it was a, a, a yeah no yeah. all right. He was a little fox boy. I gave him a little candy, and his leg felt better. And he was like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> this does sound like <laughs> riveting entertainment. I, I I'm I'm. Uh, I'm trying to find an, uh, uh, I mean, it's just, is it just sort of like a Zen uh, uh, relaxing kind of experience or do you feel so you far drawn into the, the world and like what's around the next corner or what's keeping you playing? It is definitely kind of one of those Zen relaxing experiences, but I'm still early enough in that I do kind of want to know what's next, what's through this next area. Mm-hmm. 
what's behind these giant spiky vines that I haven't found a way to deal with yet. Yeah. Um, I, I just kind of like this kind of thing. Yeah, that's kind of the joy of Stardew Valley for me was, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the let's just make an awesome farm. I mean, I'm, <laughs> there's some fun to that. But to me, Stardew yeah. Valley, you know, took off when it was like, oh, there's people around here and they all have little stories. And there's like a world that I can discover. Yes. And, oh, there's a locked door that they won't let me in. And all I, I have to make nice with them in order for them to unlock that door. I, that, that was what drew me into the Stardew Valley experience. Is, is there, is, there is a village and there are going to be some stories with mm. the people in there. I haven't, I mean, I haven't really got that far yet, but right. I'm just spending a long, I'm spending way too long drawing little pictures of birds in my little journal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm curious about these, these boy fox hybrids a little more than the birds, but uh, you know, I love it. Uh, so that's little witch in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on steam. You said it's going to be on uh game pass or is it already on game pass? It is on game pass oh, um, as a early access kind of thing. I think they're trying to say full release is 2023 sometime. Yeah. Um, I think it's supposed to come to switch at that point as well. I, I love the art. I'm looking at the images. Oh, the here. art's delightful. Yeah, that's really what that's what got me in the door. And then it's it's been pretty good. I I like it. It's scratching that particular itch at the moment. There's a a great picture of a, uh, a an alligator person in a chef hat. <laughs> so yeah, there's lots of anthropomorphized yeah. animals. Now I'm in. Now I'm in. <laughs> I don't know about this little witch lady, but I I I'm all about anthropomorphized animals in the woods. There's plenty of those. All right. Uh, you've also been playing some uh, Final Fantasy XIV along with uh, half the world, evidently. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing quite a bit of it. Um, I've been diving into the new PvP mode that they did, uh, Crystalline Conflict. It's it's a payload game. Um, you push a crystal back and forth. And it's been really different from playing the normal PvE side of the game. You have a completely... Well, not completely different, but a very stripped down, very different set of skills and abilities than you do in the rest of the game. Hmm. Like when doing normal story dungeon PvE stuff, I've got, I don't know, like 32 odd buttons to push in certain configurations. Yeah, wow. Uh, This has me down to 10. Uh, Some of them just change to other things, but... That's the, basically it's, it's the, inverse, the inverse of, of PvP in, in WoW, where I feel like I'm only using about 10 in PvE, and in PvP, like, I need a new, <laughs> I bought a new mouse, I was trying to find like, more. I need more buttons, I don't have enough fingers. Yeah, yeah I guess it is just kind of like the opposite there, uh, I've got some skills in there that just don't exist in the PvE stuff anymore, or never did. I'm still kind of on the learning curve for it, but it's a very different way to play the game, and I'm kind of enjoying it so far. That's awesome. Is this the first time that Final Fantasy XIV has had PvP? No, this is the third different Mm. PvP mode that they've had. Um, I think it's the first one that a lot of people seem to be enjoying. This one seems to have a better reception than the last two did. Yeah. Um, The the attempt before this one, I think it was almost kind of MOBA-inspired, and it it did okay. Enough people played it for a couple of months. I don't think it's got the the numbers anymore. But a lot of people seem to like this one, and I think I do too. I mean, All right. <laughs> I haven't hit a wall where I've lost like six matches in a row yet or anything. But right. I'll get there. I'll get there. Uh, so many people tell me that the reason that they've been hooked on Final Fantasy XIV is because of the storytelling. 
uh, much harder to do storytelling in PvP, though. Is, is that is it more you're just trying to gear out? You're getting cool gear out of the PvP experience, or is there a layer of storytelling there? Uh, no, there's no there's no storytelling to the PvP. Uh, yeah. I'm just there are some cosmetic rewards that you can earn, titles, things like that. It's just some quick little thing to do. The matches don't take very long either. Uh, while I wait for the next story patch to come out. All right. The story is absolutely what keeps me in the game most, you know, but this, this is certainly a fun side activity to take part in. Very cool. Well, that's final fantasy 14's new PVP mode. What's it called? Crystal something. Crystalline conflict. Crystalline conflict. Very cool. A Christian. I know you've been playing some new games, including a uh, one that isn't quite out yet. I'm, I'm very excited to hear about. Oh, sure. We can start with that. I yeah. have been, uh, I got in, uh, through, you know, PR press, uh, avenues, um, Warner brothers in playing multiverses, multiverses, is I always want to add like eight extra S's in there, which I talked about when this game was announced. Fantastic name. Just, just fantastic. The play on verses and multiverse. It's really well done. And it is the new um, platform brawler. Um, You might also think of it as Smash Bros or (laughs) Nickelodeon, whatever, something fighters, um, whatever that one was called. Sony (laughs) All-Stars. Yep, Sony (laughs) All-Stars. This is Warner Brothers IP mixed together. And they, I think, looked around and realized, hey, we have uh, a lot of great IP and we can mash them together and what's a great game to do that and this platform fighter is a fantastic way to do that there's certainly been success with it in the past and this game is also free to play and going the Fortnite slash now rocket league slash soon to be um fall guys (laughs) approach of here's the game we got a battle pass all that stuff that goes along with it and they're bringing it to the fighter genre um and if you haven't seen the key art for it or any of the character art for it yet, um, in my opinion, it is phenomenal. Like they knocked it out of the park, much like Disney infinity. I thought did a really great job of bringing all of those Disney characters together into one game across genre, star Wars, you know, our cartoon character only. And like Fortnite now RoboCop and Fortnite just looks incredible and an alien and, you know, all these different characters from all these different universe coming together and multiverses does that as well, where the art of Shaggy next <laughs> to Batman doesn't look odd. You know, it's I mean, not... I've seen that before in the opening <laughs> of every Scooby-Doo cartoon. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Been there, done that. Um, but I feel like it, it, it's very sharp. It Are the Harlem really, really Globetrotters good. there, Christian? Because that's I mean, what probably. I need to see. Pro- <laughs> eventually, yes. It's a free-to-play game with Battle Pass. So, yes, Jeff, <laughs> I can confirm. Free-to-play uh, not- game staple, the Harlem Globetrotters. The Harlem <laughs> so Globetrotters. And Fortnite and Rocket League. I mean, coming to you, Fall Guys. Will. Based thank on their you. record, I'd take them every time. <laughs> <laughs> undefeated <laughs> they play uh marvel snap they always win you know what's that what's that that great line from uh dirty jobs when he's like you bet on the washington generals he's like they were due <laughs> they were <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but it it's i mean i've i've played a good number of matches and it is very fun it has great 
you know, that rollback net code, the play has, has been stable. It is still in, I think it goes public wide beta later, but I played with just kind of the press folk. And then as it went larger to a limited alpha or whatever they're calling it as well, but more people getting in and playing and it plays, it plays really well. One of the big changes that multiverses brings to this platform fighter genre is a focus on 2v2 collaborative play. And so, for example, Wonder Woman has uh, one of her special moves is she creates a shield. And if you were playing the 2v2 mode and, you know, Will, you and I are on a team together and you're shaggy and you're next to me when I engage my shield, you will also get a shield buff. Or I can lasso you to pull you back because as that Smash Brothers genre um style game it's it's ring outs right you're trying to knock people off the platform and as their health goes up or the hits go up the percentage of hit go up on characters the easier it is to knock them off the platform um and so characters can tether together you can pull people back in or as shaggy as you go into your ultra that will also give a power boost to the other person on your team if they're near you and it's a really interesting approach to bringing team play into this style of game where certainly smash brothers and you watch some competitive um, smash, you see folks when they are playing together. And even sometimes they're playing like a free for all, you will see characters gang up on somebody when they see like a weakness and it's like, Oh, this person doesn't stand a chance (laughs) with what's happening around them. But multiverse is making that, uh, you know, a feature, not a bug, not something random that happens or people or opportunistic players look for that. It really encourages that style of play in that mode is really cool. And I think fresh and interesting for the genre. The caveat to that is that that kind of only exists in that mode. You know, if you play free for all one V one V one V one, it's then just feels a lot more like a traditional platform fighting game where those moves are still valuable where wonder woman can still create the shield but it's just a little different of an approach so i'm curious to see as people start playing this more and more and the meta gets figured out in a a bigger scale you know how valuable are some of those moves that aren't necessarily that maybe work better in that 2v2 setting and so maybe if you're playing 2v2 you know, Superman's the tank you want, but if you're going free for all, you're going to play Harley Quinn because she's better um, kind of out there going it alone. Um, The other thing that's great about this game is that it has original voice actors returning to the role. Oh, that's cool. Good. Characters you know and love, voicing Batman, Harley, Shaggy, Wonder, I mean, uh, Arya Stark. Um, It's the actor's. The, them, it's them people, and it's awesome. Casey and Kasem, Casey Kasem, Casey Kasem. Um, he plays Shaggy now, didn't he? No, but it's the new Shaggy. It's uh, no. what's his name? Um, Scream guy. Um, oh, right. oh, oh, oh! They got him from the movie. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I think yeah. he's been Shaggy for a little while now. Oh, is he, the, yeah. oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Um, that. Yeah, but it's it's a cool roster: Tom and Jerry and Steven Universe and. Tasmanian yeah. Devil and Bugs Bunny and uh, uh, Batman, the Superman, Iron Wonder Giant, Woman. which we know the Iron Giant loves to lay the smack down on people. That's what the Iron Giant loves to do. It's when pushed, in, when put into a corner, Jeff, <laughs> you know, when put into a corner. Yeah. And what's cool about the voice acting also is that it seems, and maybe you'll get tired of it at some point, but it, it's reactive in interesting ways. Like 
Shaggy will have specific dialogue to Batman. Um, Superman will have specific dialogue to Harley Quinn or just even universe. And, and it's, makes it feel fun and interesting and fresh in a way that there aren't just the standard barks that go into the game, um, which is really fun and interesting. I think I am very curious to see how this game does long-term because I think what makes games like Fortnite and even Apex and, and some of those Battle Royale games, PUBG, et cetera, is that there's the moments between the combat that can keep you engaged. Like Fortnite's probably the best at that where you can, all the missions you're in my opinion, the missions you're doing can be independent of trying to get um, a a victory Royale, right? It's like visit these locations, talk to these NPCs. There's so much else to do. And in multiverses right now, there isn't that strong single player component that smash had, especially the switch smash where there's like 200 hours of single player (laughs) progression. If you want it. And I'm curious how sticky a purely fighting game, free-to-play game will be. I think the closest analogy we have right now is Rocket League, where it also doesn't have the moments between you're Rocket Leaguing or you're not Rocket Leaguing. Well, it seems to me like the tough thing about multiverses will be the fact that anytime you add something that has such strong IP, you kind of undermine your own microtransaction sales of cool swag. Like, I don't want to see Superman in a cowboy hat. You know what I mean? I don't want to see, I'm not, I can outfit my car in Rocket League. I love outfitting my my folks in Fortnite with cool skins, but the skins that I want are the characters that are in this game. So I guess they just have to keep adding characters to make you buy? Or, I mean, Superman's had plenty of iconic costumes over the years. Mm-hmm. I would probably pay yeah, for denim shorts denim short superman shaggy they could i'm sure i don't know i'm not a shaggy stan um (laughs) you could put shaggy in a cowboy hat that'd be fine i guess i mean i guess you could have like (laughs) lipstick bugs bunny and stuff like that but i i just feel like it's a it's a shallow pool from which you're drawing well some of the stuff that you're seeing in the battle pass right now also are victory poses Mm. and commentator Mm. voices so you can have Mm. uh Don't quote me on this one because I don't have it up in front of me, the battle pass, but like Shaggy is your um, announcer voice. And that's that's an unlock and banners (laughs) and stuff like that. So I think there is a pretty deep well here. It just, yeah, you're not putting a cowboy hat on a DeLorean the same way you do in Rocket League. I say that, uh, I say that. And now, you know, I I, I remember how addicted I was to Heroes of the Storm and I would get, you know, a kind of character like Diablo or jaina and then i'd want to put them in lollipop outfits and stuff and it's fun so who knows you know maybe you go real <laughs> wacky with it and lollipop superman is you know what we want so yeah and, and you see, see that, that in Fortnite some already too where you can have the skin and i can put uh you know bb8 back bling on it you know it's like yeah. you can already mix and match stuff that it becomes pretty goofy there yeah um i'm excited for this game mostly because i'm excited to see if it paves the way for fighters in a way that you know this transition to what i would call quote good free to play um is this the path forward for fighting games now versus a 60 dollar game plus character packs yeah this that and the other um i think if this proves that it has legs i think you might see others follow suit this game's gonna have character packs (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yes. there's only one. There's only one Game of Thrones character so far. You know, you know that's going to change. But, 
it's free to play. It's not $60. And then four months later, the ultimate edition comes out with the character. It's like, yeah, you can buy yeah. that character if you want. I think f- for me, it will be how the meta changes. My concern a lot with free to play games, um, having spent some time on them is, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. do they tweak the meta to make you spend money or do they tweak the meta to make, best game possible well you are uh, a nintendo guy i'm I'm guessing you love you love yourself some smash from now now and again uh do you think it seems like every contender to the smash throne has fallen by the wayside pretty quickly do you see this one having any better chance um i think it's probably got a better shot than uh the nickelodeon game did yeah um just on level of presentation alone if they can if they can show and maintain a commitment to it and bring more new, interesting stuff to it, I think it's probably got a real shot at it, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, cause smash ultimate's not happening again. You know, there, it's not going to be on the same scale. It has nowhere to go, but, but down, mm-hmm. it has to come down. And this game's just getting started. And it, I mean, even without going into like guest characters or anything, they can add, so much to this if they can be committed to it i think this game could be very successful well uh, do we have a release date yet an official release date christian or just not that i have seen in front of me i think it's uh you know wide beta now you know soon this or july and then release kind of when it's ready but so that is multiversus uh, and yep. uh, look for it soon. Christian got early hands-on. Uh, you also uh, picked up a game that we talked about a lot last week from Nintendo's presentation. I did. I picked up Elekhead. Uh, I have finished and rolled both credits on Elekhead. Uh, surprise, Elekhead was very much my kind of game. As you predicted. As I uh, Yeah, as we discussed. And I think... Also, to some extent, Jeff, I forget we talked about this just offline or maybe this was on a paid DLC, but the kind of the conversation about what game of the year games are now in a world where like, you know, multiverses, does it come out of early access this year or Little Witch in the Woods or Aleckhead, which came out last year, but I didn't, I literally did not know existed <laughs> because too many games and saw it get announced for switch. Like, I think there's a very good chance I will be talking about a head again at the end of the year. Mm, um, wow. So I'm just going to say now that my game of the year for the years include games that I was made aware of existing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in that yeah. year, not the year in which they came out um, necessarily. So it's but that it's good fantastic. though. You, yeah. You dig it that much. It is fantastic. So if you didn't see the Nintendo uh, Indie Showcase, um, it is a puzzle platformer. And I think last week I kind of talked about it maybe being more of a Super NES style game. It feels very much more in a NES style graphics um, in terms of uh, color palette and stuff like that. But you are a little robot and your head has an electric charge. And so as you walk on platforms, it works the way that electricity would, right? So if it's not interrupted, your the current goes through your head, through your body, and then onto the platforms, assuming there are no breaks. Wherever there's a break, the charge doesn't get to that. So you have to find ways to get charged to those things, to move a platform, to turn on a platform, to open a door, to this, that, and the other. And so it is a puzzle platformer 
in a way that there is, are no enemies to be killed. There's no combat. It is just solving these rooms. And it is an incredible example of teaching the player through that Mario 1-1 style of showing you the simple way to do something and then expanding upon that later. So it's like, oh, oh, I can do this. And then eight screens later, it's, okay, I, I'm doing, I'm using this tool set, but how am I going to make that work in this environment to get through this room? And the way the puzzles kind of unfold and build throughout the game are truly phenomenal. There were maybe four instances where I, I looked up solutions because I was kind of beating my head against a wall and I was like, yep, the game's broken. This uh, clearly, you know, they didn't, they, they forgot about this room. I, or I you know, I, I'm a shortcut. I'm not supposed to be here. And then I'd watch the playthrough and see someone do it. And I'd be like, oh yeah, of course I'm an idiot. It's uh, I just got to walk over here. You know, and like the, the solution becomes obvious. Right. Um, and there were a few moments where I'm not sure if I missed, you know, if I wasn't paying close enough attention and I missed like the, the showing of the, of the mechanic or the way the world worked, but there were maybe one instance where I was like, Ooh, I don't know how, if I, how I was supposed to find this kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I could chalk that up to user error, but the rest of the game is just truly so well-crafted for the the way these puzzles come together you know it gave me portal feelings of like being the smartest person in the room as i figured out oh oh, yes of course i can do this now and it doesn't follow just a left right progression like sometimes you'll go or yeah right to left left to right you know i'm trying to say i know what i'm trying to say you'll loop (laughs) back around you go down then you'll go back to the left and it's clever in that regard as well and then there are two endings one i think is the standard ending and then the other there are 20 key cards that if you collect and you can think of these key cards kind of like strawberries and celeste but in my opinion not as difficult to get maybe because there's only 20 (laughs) because i got all 20 key cards and i definitely did not get every strawberry in celeste um gives you access to another ending and it's 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 beautiful. If you have, I think it's. I played it exclusively on Steam Deck. I think it's fantastic in that form factor. Um, also, if you just want to play on PC, I highly highly recommend it. And I also highly recommend picking this up on Switch as soon as it's available. I was absolutely blown away by Alekhead. Great soundtrack and just clever in all the right ways. That kind of head scratch. Figure out if you die, it's a quick reset to back in the room again. Um, Absolutely, absolutely beautiful game. A Leckhead. I think everybody should play it. All right. Yeah, that's a Leckhead. Uh, I also picked up a game that we started buzzing about through the Nintendo Indie Showcase this week. Uh, the one I folks probably remember me getting most excited about was called Soundfall. And I purchased it on, on Steam and got to play in that. Uh, not Didn't come away as glowing as you did about a Leckhead. Uh, I thought Soundfall is a pretty clever idea. It's a top-down, sort of um, not-quite-twin-stick shooter, <laughs> uh, but but basically built like a twin-stick shooter kind of situation, um, but mixed with a rhythm game. So there's you're brought to this, uh, this sound world where everything is based on harmony and discord, and you have weapons 
a variety of weapons that you can pick up and equip and and it has sort of rpg elements where you're finding better weapons that have stats and you can swap things out and you've got uh, a button that swaps between your two main weapons and you can you know outfit your character as as you see fit weapons that work sort of like shotguns with spread weapons that have long range variety of things but all of them you shoot by tapping the button or trigger in rhythm to the music that is tied to that level. So every level has a soundtrack and that soundtrack has a beat and the beat is has a visual representation at the bottom of the screen in just these lines that move across. And if you time your button presses, which are your weapon shots, to that beat, then they do damage. But if you are off the beat, they will do much, much less damage. So basically be ineffective. Uh, you also have a dash and, and you have certain nodes that you can hit that lets you jump and do certain things. And those have to be on the beat as well. Um, which I think is a really clever idea. And I, and I really like the art direction of this game. It's kind of bubblegummy and very, uh, very bright and, and neon and fun. And, and bul- everything is sort of bulbous and cotton candy looking everywhere. Uh, so it, it looks different than a lot of things. And there's kind of a joy to it. You know, it's got this, you know, music is wonderful thing. But at a certain point, it just doesn't ever really progress that main idea very far. And I think it could have been much more interesting if the weapons themselves uh, change up how you have to interact with the beat. Or if, you know, if just there was like two or three more layers of progressing this idea. I mean, you can, you can unlock other characters that behave a little bit differently and there's weapons that behave a little differently, but ultimately basically the game works in the same way, right from the start, as far as I got with it, which was, you know, a few hours in and I just wanted it to be a little bit more than it was. And ultimately it was just me like shooting when I didn't need to shoot just to stay on the beat, you know, and then just pointing at the bad guys as as I press the button over and over. I'm pressing the button, and now there's a bad guy in my way, and I, now there's not, and it doesn't matter because I'm pressing the button. You know, it's like <laughs> it, 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 the the best rhythm games have you really interacting with the rhythm, have you actually, you know, being part of the song in some fundamental way, um, and and this one it just didn't feel like it captured that as effectively as i would have Mm. liked uh but it's a really cool i think first attempt at this idea of mixing these two disparate genres and i i hope someone picks up this notion and develops it a little bit more or maybe even a sequel to this it might do so because um it's got really a kernel of something really great i just didn't think it it ever manifested fully into being something truly uh addictive or or you know unique to me um, I heard also that, like, I guess the enemies don't move or shoot to the beat, which is a little oh kind of game, not game breaking, well, but like brain breaking where it's like, well, why aren't they on the thing that I'm on the thing? And yeah, I, I, don't I didn't know. really feel that too much. I mean, they are they are like elements of discord anyway. Like that's the whole concept is that they're bringing discord mm. to this harmonious mm. symphony that's always happening. Um, so the fact that they're not part of that rhythm makes sense. It's not like things are moving to the beat and then they just, it's not that there's, you know, it's a regular shooter. Where it's they, not Crypt of the Necrodancer. It's not Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is the perfect 
the perfect expression of this concept, but it's not exactly this concept, but yeah, right. Crypt of the Next yeah. Road Dancer kind of did all of this better and first. Um, okay. But, but this is trying to do it more like in real time and in, in, in as a more fluid kind of, um, you know, twin stick shooter elements. Um, and I think there's something to this. It's just not, yeah. I didn't find it in Soundfall. It, it's just keeping the beat. Yeah. And pointing and, and facing the right direction. And facing the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. and it could have been it could have been cooler. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other game uh, I've been playing this week is a new game that's been getting tons of buzz. Uh, it's called V Rising. It is in early access, so let's you know take that with a grain of salt. This is not a fully released game yet. Uh, v Rising has been described by many as a Valheim isometric with vampires, and that's basically what it is. Um, if you like Valheim, I think you're probably going to like V Rising, uh, especially if you, as I do, prefer the isometric pr- perspective in games. Um, and this game is much more beautiful than Valheim. Valheim, you know, I always was a little turned off by its visuals. It's a little, you know, intentionally primitive looking, but I, it didn't really click with me. Um, v Rising it, it is really a pretty top down, you know, it's basically Diablo style um, RPG, action RPG done with a survival game like Valheim or countless others where you're going to have to build structures and survive and, and, you know, gather wood and stone and all kinds of other resources to have this very deep crafting system where you, you know, learn new recipes and all that stuff. Um, And the layer on top of that is that you're a vampire, which means a, you are awesome right from the beginning, right? You're, you, you know, you get to do awesome <laughs> vampire stuff right from the start. You have this cool ranged attack. You have this awesome, uh, almost sort of teleporty dash maneuver right at the start. And you also are sensitive to sunlight right at the, st- at the start. And this game has a full day-night cycle, which means, you know, in most survival games, nighttime is the scary time. And right. this game, it's the opposite, right? Night, nighttime is when you're like, I'm awesome. Nothing can touch me. I can just mow down anything in my path. But daylight is like, why? I can't touch the sun. So uh, the game, I think, smartly uses a lot of that to its advantage in the sense that some of the um, the early bosses that I've gotten to, I haven't played a, a ton of this, but uh, you know, w- one of the early bosses you get to is the boss itself isn't tricky but the boss is only available during daylight hours. And so like getting into its Hmm. lair, you have to figure out how to move through the sunlight and not die, not fry to death as a vampire, Uh, which is really clever. I think it's a very clever twist on making a high, you know, a, a boss level enemy more dangerous. Um, And the other thing that, that uh, I've, you know, this is a whole, like could be like a, paid DLC bonus show discussion, Christian, is that I can't think of a single game where I've, I've loved cooking. Like, cooking. <laughs> I mean, I guess like cooking mama or like, well, that's the whole game is the, I enjoy that. But like where any survival game where you have to cook or, you know, even in horizon forbidden West is like a whole cooking thing. I have just completely ignored it. I almost always ignore cooking, even Breath of the Wild, I uh, all the cooking was, I felt so tedious. I don't like cooking in games. I like cooking in real life. Uh, but this is, I've never found cooking in, in big, you know, That's open world. That's because 
in games, you have to go get the materials. They're not shipped to you right yeah, at your door. The exactly. exact ingredients in the amounts that you need. Yeah. Um, I have to find <laughs> recipes in these games. They don't just give me yeah. a cool... Um, but here's V Rising that says, uh, cooking is lame. You know what's better than that? Feeding on the corpses of your enemies. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like, all the stuff that you accomplish in uh, in other games by, you know, doing cool recipes and you know, in Valheim, or uh, I, I think there's cooking in Valheim, isn't there? I think there's cooking, yeah, there's yeah, cooking in no lots of these games. Yes, there's He's, creating a kettle. And what yeah. Valheim, I think, is great is that it's it only makes you better. It doesn't hurt you. It's like buffs, right. not you're not yeah. worse without, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But yes, there's a right. lot of stovetop time. Uh, <laughs> stovetop time? Uh, the, the All of that stuff that more other games use cooking for, this game is is uses... Uh, sucking the blood out of the enemies that you've almost completely killed um which is what i think objectively cooler you know that's that's a cooler way to do it when you're like oh it's their blood type Ooh, that gives me a fun bonus <laughs> you know it's it's uh it's cooler um but uh but the other thing that i i just have never fallen in love with in a game ever to my knowledge, I guess I guess The Sims might be the only close exception. Maybe I don't know. Which is now owned by Comcast. No, just kidding. Right? Yeah. <laughs> is uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not a fan of building stuff. I'm not a fan of of uh. You hey you Wait. unlocked you unlocked walls. Oh sweet walls. Where Your shall game I? Game last them? week was all about building stuff with tiles. No no no. Very very different. Very very different. This that's not that's not building stuff. That's that's creating this little diorama city that's alive and doing things. Uh, I'm talking about you unlocked floor, you unlocked mm. wall, you unlocked couch. You have now you, you unlocked that, though. What do you have to? Because like Valheim, which I haven't played it in a while, so maybe there are updates. Like you didn't really have to engage. You could. I would see like incredible, like you know, this actual Scottish cap castle remade, right. in, and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh! But I just had the gnarliest hut. That had yeah. the shit, the, the shed, the stove, and the storage box I that's, needed. And it, that's that exactly it. what I do too. It, and and, it, and it, it's, it's as utilitarian as it could possibly be. Like, what's the minimum I need to do <laughs> yes. to be able to go and play the other part of this game? Which that is why I like when games go click here and it makes the cool thing, and click here and it makes the cool thing, not make a wall and then connect it to a floor. <laughs> and then like, oh, it's going to look janky unless you spend a lot of time making this look cool. I've just never gotten into that. Uh, Will, are you into the, that kind of like, you know, fallout four had that there's just so, countless <laughs> games that have that. No, uh, <laughs> no, I I'll usually try, I'll give it a good shot and then I'll get frustrated and be like, you know what? I don't even have to do this. I don't even have to do this. I'm going to go sleep in a hole and it's going to be fine. <laughs> I'll sleep in a hole. I'll go sleep in this hole. This is my hole. You stay away from it. Yeah. This is where I sleep. And then I'm going to go do my business. I don't care that that other settlement needs help. <laughs> if you're going to make me engage with, I think, I think when I played fallout Four, the most, which is the most I've done any of these sorts of specific building things. I did it to get like a trophy on PlayStation. And I'm pretty sure I just filled several sheds with mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> Which, let's be honest, is how I live right now anyway. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, uh, uh, what I like, Christian, is I like the civilization version or, you know, countless games like civilization where it's like, uh, ooh, cathedral, boom. And then it shows you like 
the scaffolding building and then later it's like cathedral yeah. and it's like yeah, yeah that's what i want yeah. make me a cathedral peasants <laughs> and then they, they do it instead of where's the wall gonna go and do i put a sconce on it and oh i unlocked 12 <laughs> different kinds of lighting oh no how do i even what what am i, I don't, it's too much well i feel like <laughs> i agree but i also feel like we are us three are probably in the minority based on the number of games that you both just rattled off that include this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it, people, I mean, I, I, maybe it works well for social and people sharing the builds. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people really yeah. find a lot of joy in it, but yeah, unless it gives me a perk or a buff or, you know, there's some, uh, but I'm doing it for another reason. I rarely engage in that stuff in game for the joy of doing it alone it's like well if i build a two-story house i get a bigger sword okay here's a two-story house give me my sword yeah now in very say i'll I'll say building it i don't care for i will decorate it you will i will happily decorate it so you like the you know the bear pelts and the uh yeah the you know the 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 Whatever things I don't even think of <laughs> fireplaces. I don't know what what are decorations count. Lovely mantle, a fish tank. Yes, it's like no, I there will decorate go. the space, but please don't ask me to design the space. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's <laughs> lots of games that do this now. V, so yeah. V Rising, that's a big part, and uh, Valheim before it. That's a big part. Is hey, we're giving you all these little tool, all these little bits and pieces, and you're going to create your giant gothic uh, vampire cathedral or 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 mansion or whatever so is it more like build a room like yes it's build literally, the observatory or something it's literally a uh, built you know here are walls here are floor tiles here's a coffin you know he, these are things there are things you need to have in your house that are going to help right. you in a big way but there's also you know 14 types of lighting 1200 different wall things you know the staircases that bend and twist i'm like i just don't i don't have any patience for any of that I'm going to say this out loud, and hopefully a dev listening, feel free to steal this. These games, for people like us, they (laughs) they need like a Gregory or a Tina that you hire to do this the way I would in real life. Like I'm not yeah. an interior designer. I'm not an architect. I'm going to go hire Tina, the architect to design my beautiful space. And there's a little price premium on it. And then when I come back, it's awesome. And I get to take yeah. pictures and tweet it out as mine. <laughs> well, that's why a lot of these games are multiplayer, you know, that, that you have the person in your group that loves being the interior designer. And then I go out and I hunt and I kill and I bring back lots of, here's more lumber. <laughs> is V Rising, I haven't had a chance to play yet. I'm excited to. Uh, I want to play with you because it's, it's, it's got multiplayer. It's kind of, that's kind of the fun of it, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Um, does it have a, is it a survival game that has kind of a, a through line where like Valheim had, you know, again, I haven't played in a while, so I'm sure that it's changed, but there were like bosses that you go and kill and do this to do that versus rust yes. or some of those style or even Conan to some extent was just like, be here. <laughs> like where <laughs> well, does I think V-Rising Conan had fall? bosses and stuff too, uh, if I recall. But yeah, v, v Rising definitely has, you know, like go beat a boss to get a cool new vampire ability, uh, you know, things to work toward. It's not just mm. make a cool castle. It's, it's you know, there, there's, there are clear goals. There's areas that are gated because you're not powerful enough yet and you have to do more things and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's definitely much more of an RPG with survival-y stuff mm. on it, you know. 
Are you playing on your Steam Deck, or uh, is it Steam Deckable? Or not Steam I deckable? believe it is not Steam Deckable at, the, at its mm. current state. Uh, I did not, I did not try it myself, but I read somewhere that it literally will not boot on Steam Deck as of now. So I have mm. not even tried it yet. But a leckhead, not green checked, but played flawlessly on Steam Deck. Also, I, I, hopefully, WB, if you're listening, maybe stop listening. I'm not supposed to say this. Multiverses, Steam Deck. Nice, dude. Nice. Very exciting. Uh, All right. Uh, Let's, uh, you know what? Will is here, and he's been playing some board games. So uh, let's carve out (laughs) a little bit of tabletop time. Right now. Right now. Uh, I love it when somebody has played uh, some games that I uh, very much enjoy and one I have not even played yet. So let's start with one I'm a huge fan of, and that is Wingspan, which nice. is a game that has uh, has gotten, gotten made that breakthrough, I think, into real mainstream board game dumb. You know, it's one of the yeah. games in the last few years that has really uh, become a staple uh, and uh, tell me, tell me why you have been playing it, and if if you agree, it deserves that kind of status. I would say so. I would think so. Um, I haven't had it very long. Uh, I've only recently started buying stuff back up again. It's a long story. Um, same, no, same. <laughs> uh, the, lo- the long story is COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got to the point it's like we we want to start playing more board games again. So I went and I tried to find stuff that would appeal to my wife and my son, because he's now old enough to start getting into these more complex board games. Oh, cool. And my wife loves birds. So Wingspan was a no brainer and everybody seemed to like it. So I brought it. I got it. I got it for her. And I like it quite a bit. I think it's good. Um, It's got that slight element of, well, I mean, it's a card game. It's a card game and I'm a sucker for card games. But uh <laughs> I kind of like how you build. I'm sorry, not necessarily. It's not a deck builder, but you just kind of build this. For I can't. I'm struggling to think of the term. This this w- well-oiled machine of birds. That, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bird machine. No, that's the right the term. Bird machine. The bird machine. <laughs> I like it. Um, it's got this weird little. I love the little birdhouse that it comes with that you roll the food dice in, mm. even though it does not fit back in the box when it's time to put it away. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that, but I love that about it. The art is really pretty. I like the uh, the tokens, the little eggs in all the different colors. I'm a sucker for that. Um, it's got purple as a, as a player color. Not a lot of games do that. Not That's enough true. anyway. Not enough. Uh, yeah, there's a great app for Wingspan as well. If, if folks listening want to give it a shot, but it is a, it is a uh, it is a theme that I didn't think I would be into. Uh, I'm not a yeah. huge fan of bird watching or or bird varietals. You know, it's not something that I'm drawn to. But the um, the theme is very, I think, is very well executed here because you you actually kind of learn about birds and you you know the, how you you know, get to the eggs and, and have the birds manifest in the game is, you know, it, it all makes sense. It all uh, is clearer because of the theme and mm-hmm. the game itself, tons of strategy. Uh, I love, uh, you know, how you, uh, the, the, the pathways to victory in wingspan. 
Uh, very strong game. I, I've actually played it most as an app on Steam um, because hmm. of <laughs> because of COVID. Because of COVID. Yeah, and it plays pretty well uh, as an app. Um, so uh, if people are uh, interested to check it out, I think it's very inexpensive. I can't, I don't have the price here, but I don't think it's it nearly as expensive as the physical version is. It was all, oh, it's not nearly as expensive as the physical version. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it was on a pretty deep sale not too terribly long ago, and it may do so again. It was certainly available for under 10 yeah. at one point. Yeah. And I'm sure that if you wait for a summer sale or an end of year sale, it'll happen again. Very cool. And now I'm very curious to hear you talk about Villainous, which <laughs> is a, a board game I've heard a lot about. This is the the board game built around the bad guys from all the Disney movies, right? Yep. And it is an asymmetrical card game. So I was sold immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like thing. I like asymmetrical. Everybody's playing their own thing. Uh, every depending on which villain you're playing, you have set win conditions and you'll have to approach the game completely differently, which I absolutely love about it. My son, he just loves the licensing and that's fine. That's that's his appeal. It's whatever. <laughs> right. But I, I absolutely love the. Uh, just the sheer variety of ways that you can play. We've picked up a couple of expansions mm-hmm. and some of the villains in these expansions are pretty crazy, uh, pretty wildly different. Um. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. Um, one that I play a lot, I'll play Radigan from The Great Mouse Detective, which I don't anticipate either of you to be familiar with. I definitely uh, am. I, are you kidding? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm wonderful. I'm old, so yeah, I know The Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know that. Is that new? Is that it come out this year? I've never heard of it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume that no one's watched that movie. It's fine. Um, but you end up stockpiling a lot of gears and things to reduce the cost of the big the big card that you need to shift into a certain place to win the game out. And then you've also got these opposing decks. The, they call it a fate deck. It's a deck that other players inflict on you, and that's where heroes come in and attempts for other players to keep you from winning that way. And I... I really like it. I haven't really encountered one that I haven't played a villain that I've hated playing as just yet. There are some that don't necessarily thrill me, but uh, I don't have a ton of complaints about it. I like it. It's an asymmetrical card game. I've said like eight times, I think now on this episode that that's my, that's my jam. So you're, you're playing against other Disney villains and, and yes. what are you attempting to, to do in the game? Um, It's very, <laughs> the win conditions are, totally independent of each other oh interesting yeah That's cool like if i play radigan i need to get the mechanical mouse queen into buckingham palace at the end end the turn with it there right and that's how i win uh my son likes to play scar from the lion king he just needs to earn a certain number of like trophies like defeat a certain number of enemies or something not fall off a cliff that is a huge part of it yes <laughs> gotcha <laughs> No, the win conditions are totally independent. All you can really do to thwart one another is activate those fate decks to bring about the heroes or other things to just kind of get in the way. Mm. So you have to kind of pay attention to who is getting close, and then you'll you'll have to dedicate, you know, you may have to get in their way instead of further your own agenda for a turn or two. Cool. I I feel like this is the, um, you know, something that... that- 
Kingdom Hearts fans would really dig. It, it is that mashup of all these different Disney properties, but all the just all the villains. You know, it's so so cool. Yeah. So cool. There's a Marvel variation of it too, but I haven't played that one. Oh, awesome! I, that is a Disney villainous. Yeah, which is a board game that came out in 2018. Uh, speaking of Marvel, Christian, I know you you played uh, Five Minute Marvel recently. Um, did you enjoy that? It's kind of been a regular here at our house throughout the pandemic. Um, Jeff, you've played Five Minute Dungeon, yes, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah, uh, Five Minute Dungeon came out. I feel like forever ago, and yeah. uh, at least in my circle, even with friends, and then as friends had kids, kind of took the world by storm because it is an easy to play frenetic card game where a different I'm style listening. of game but like marvel snap everyone's playing at once there's no wait time there's no okay well, no 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 wait wait your brother needs to take their turn yeah. you're playing and so there is a and there are five minutes you know in the name the game and you can progress and have it be longer but each battle is five minutes so it has again maybe like marvel snap it is a card game that limits the time in which you're playing and keeps people engaged the whole time. So it's a variation of five minute dungeon. Um, and the way the games work is you have a boss card or an, an activity card out that you need to defeat and it's matching symbols. So on your deck, you're playing in five minute Marvel, you're playing a squirrel girl, you have your set of abilities that go with you and you need to lay down certain abilities to defeat the activity or boss card in front of you. So you got to take down the shield. So you're doing that. Then someone else is going to lay down their power card to create a trap so that Dr. Doom can't do this, but it's all happening kind of in real time as you're trying to create the status condition, I guess, for lack of a better word. It's a cooperative game. So you're all working together for this goal, right? Yes. The bad guy is uh, an NPC. (laughs) You know, it is the card, (laughs) the card villain that you are playing against and everybody is either uh, is a hero trying to take down this, this boss together, this objective. And then once you clear that the next boss card is like a mini boss and then the main boss and they become harder. And as you discard, Oh gosh. Yes. As you discard your cards, you don't get them back again until that next five minute regroup. So it's, requires some level of communication where sometimes you can get yourself into a pickle by being excited and playing a card because yes, it works there and it matches the symbol of what you're trying to do against the the boss card, but probably would have been better held for later. Mm. And you don't have that opportunity to pull it back again until you kind of reset the, the counter in five minute. Marvel Jarvis is the, the countdown voice, which is awesome. Five minute dungeon also has great um, on the apps, great voices, but it's again really well done for Five Minute Marvel. The art is incredible for all of the characters, um, and my kids love it because it is. It's super fast paced. They're constantly throwing cards down, and while you know, if you want to min max it, there probably is a more efficient way to play. But the basic way to play of just symbol matching is very easy to understand. So it's also five minute setup. It's not, trust me, we're going to have fun with this game. (laughs) Okay, so you do this, I do this, you do this. You can get into it as quick as you can, probably a game of Uno, all things considered. Hmm. My only nit for any of these five minute games, five minute dungeon, five minute Marvel, is that afterward, the cards are all a big mess. (laughs) (laughs) And I like to try to put them back in the correct power stack and everything is shuffled together because you're just slapping cards on top of each other 
so you have a, a big a big mixed up deck when each when each game is done but i love it and i think the marvel version is as you know pick your ip right and i think whatever your favorite ip is will be your favorite version of this game this game like multiverses or Fortnite or whatever um adopts an ip very easily and it doesn't feel forced because every ip is about heroes taking down the villains <laughs> yeah it works really well that's five minute marvel uh it was also put out in 2018 all right that's gonna do it for this episode of dlc we do have parting gifts coming up so stick around for those but will Schultz, thank you so much for being here man it was awesome having you on the show Oh, thank you. It was a really good time. Hopefully, I didn't make too big a fool of myself today. No, just the appropriate <laughs> amount, uh, as as okay, we do good. every single week. Uh, That's what I strive for. You hit tell, the quota, like tell. just barely hit the quota, so it was good. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. worried there because I went way over, and I was like, "Oh gosh, yeah, we yeah. to hit his quota." Christian and I <laughs> always tip the scales on that one. Um, tell folks where they can keep up with you and the things that you put out into the world. Well, uh, I believe we touched on it earlier. Uh, I am part of Mega Dads. We do stuff over at megadads.org. We've got a YouTube channel. We're putting more and more videos out on all the time. Uh, reviews, regular content pieces, lists, all that good stuff. And more. Uh, we're coming up with some new stuff real soon. I don't know how much of it I can talk about right now. But we've got some pretty cool stuff coming. And then me, personally, if I may steal the attention a little bit, I do stream on Twitch three times a week, uh, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, 930 Central. On Twitter at Wondrous Will. Yes. And then I think that's it. Very, very cool. Awesome. And uh, constantly looking like Qui Gon Jin. So there's. Um, yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> bonus, bonus there. <laughs> uh, Christian Spicer, what do you got going on this week? That, that newsletter's coming out, man. It's got a. Fool me once, I'm Christian. Through, I- <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm through the I'm through the thick of it. I, I see the light at the end of this tunnel that I, that has uh, engulfed me. Uh, newsletter's coming out. I, I like this Ragnarok stuff. It's about easy mode in games and, and stuff like that. You can subscribe to that newsletter for free at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. It's where I do long-form writing about video games, usually one or two a month. Um, also, video versions of this show that you are listening to exist over on our Patreon as VODs. This show, paid DLC. You can find all of that at patreon.com slash pod. Um, the videos are fun. I throw the trailers up as we're talking about them so you can see video of the games that we're talking about as we do our best to paint that picture in your head. But if you don't want to use your head for that painting of that picture, you can look at it. Um, you can look at that pretty, pretty picture. And then Twitter is the best way to kind of keep in touch with other things that are happening here and there. And that is at Spicer, S-P-I-C-E-R. I'm also on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And I have some other shows that you could check out. I do, I, I, I'm a sports broadcaster now, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Uh, I uh, work for the Fan Controlled Football League, which is elite athletes. Terrell Owens is in the league. Uh, Rashad Jennings, I believe, uh, suited up this week. Uh, it, it, it's, a, uh, it's a wild thing to be a part of. And I am uh, part of the broadcast team calling games from the booth every Saturday. You can find that at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. I think that's how numbers work. Uh, And that's at twitch.tv slash FCF. It's also on NBCLX, Peacock, FuboTV, DAZN. Uh, Check it out. 
check it out. It's super fun. It's like Madden in real life. I also do the Filmcast, which is a movie and TV re- review podcast. Uh, super fun there. And the uh, We Have Concerns, which is a comedy science show where we talk about fun science stories and uh, give you something to chew on that's interesting, maybe teaches you something, but we make fun of it too. And so you laugh along the way. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion <laughs> of what to do this week. Give us a parting <laughs> gift. This is your parting gift. Will, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? <laughs> uh, I do. It is a delightful little anime called Spy Family. It is about... Well, it is about a spy, if you can believe that. It's in a very Cold War-ish setting. It's it's definitely inspired by that, but the names have been changed to protect the fragile egos involved. <laughs> he, <laughs> he needs to get to a target, and the only time that target f- makes appearances are for school functions at the private elite school his child goes to. So he has to cobble together a wife and child on short notice and fake their way through being a family. And I absolutely love it. Every aspect of this show is phenomenal. I love the way it looks. I love the opening theme, the ending, the humor is there. It's great. Um, It's still running uh, new episodes every week. I think, I think they happen on Saturdays. But uh, I'm going to watch the new one for this week as soon as I get done in here. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we won't keep you too long. Where, where can you watch this? Is it on, on a streaming service? It is. It's on Hulu and Crunchyroll. All both. right. That is Spy Family. Does that, it's Spy yeah. X Family? Like Spy Cross Family? Or yeah, but I've never heard anyone pronounce the X or okay. Cross, so I stopped doing it. Spy Family. There you go. <laughs> Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Tony Hawk Until the Wheels Fall Off is a documentary on HBO Max about Tony Hawk. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. It is produced in part by Tony Hawk, so you're not going. It's not some scathing expose. Like whenever the person that it's about is like presented by Hawk Productions, you know you're going to get a certain lens into the life of the person <laughs> in which the documentary is about. But it did shed new light on Tony Hawk. It's not just sunshine and roses. He talks about the struggles he had um, coming up and coming through and what it's like. And what I found fascinating about it, Jeff, is after watching it, I feel like it hit on two things that we talked about on paid DLC episodes. One being the idea that success is not happiness there's good chunks in the documentary, not to spoil it, but where Tony talks about the idea of, you know, being the best does not make you happy and how you need to de- decouple those things. So mm. it was interesting to see someone else talking about that phenomenon. And then also, while they certainly did not make this direct connection to video games that I'm going to make, it's fascinating that at the beginning where Tony Hawk is coming up, other older skaters in Bones Brigade talk about seeing him doing you know this flippy dippy stuff that they don't see as cool or like relevant to what they're doing and as i was watching that having just talked uh you and i talking about phone gaming Mm. i i i I really felt like oh no 
we're the old bones brigade guys <laughs> yeah. looking at like yeah. oh this flippy dippy finger tappy stuff yeah. meanwhile the best person to have ever done it is finger tapping <laughs> you know what though if i gotta be the bones brigade that's not a bad thing to be well tony was also in the bones brigade yeah. spoiler for real life not the documentary the best <laughs> the best that ever was <laughs> uh, but it's awesome. phenomenal it's an interesting look at tony hawk and kind of the in my opinion, the neuroses yeah. that makes him the best that there ever was. It has the best beginning to any documentary. It's literally just watching him now as an old man try to land a 720. 900. Or 900, excuse me. Yeah, over and over and over and over. It's, it's, it's Which I think, again, speaks to powerful. his neuroses. Of yeah. like, <laughs> It's a powerful thing just to see him continue to try. And just getting the snot kicked out of himself landing hard it's uh, yeah that's tony hawk until the wheels fall off and is that on, what is that on Apple hbo 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 yeah uh i have a uh, a new show that i have absolutely fallen in love with might be my new my new favorite comedy uh re- of recent times um it's a showtime show it's called i love this for you and it is uh, hilarious. Uh, it is a uh, a show about a uh, a woman who dreams only of uh, being a presenter on like a QVC network, you know, a home shopping channel, a oh. fake version of a home shopping channel. Uh, who's, the, who's the lead in this? It's I've Vanessa this. Bayer that you know her from yes. Saturday night live. Yes. Uh, yes and it has yes. You know, Molly yeah. Shannon is in it. Uh, it wonderfully. Like, I feel like Vanessa Bayer is kind of the young Molly Shannon. Uh, and it's awesome that Molly Shannon kind of plays her mentor in this. Um, and it's kind of got a dark, a, there's a, there's a dark, thread that goes through it as well i don't want to spoil but is is really interesting but man the show is so funny and i love vanessa bear she is she's that woman from saturday night live that's always like smiling a little bit too large you know as she's <laughs> as her heart is breaking and that is really what the show is is her smiling through pain and it is so funny it is so funny <laughs> Uh, so I highly, highly recommend. I love that for you. Uh, and it is on Showtime. All right. We got a listener suggested parting gift. And uh, this, I'll, I'll be honest with you, folks. This might be my favorite one we've ever gotten. And you'll hear why. This is from uh, uh, Noel Westenberg, who writes, I wanted to offer a parting gift to the listeners of the show. I would like to suggest becoming a patron of the DLC Patreon. I have been a longtime listener of the show, and when the Patreon opened, I was excited to join. I have since found the bonus show to be a to be well worth the subscription cost in addition to knowing the money is supporting a show I truly enjoy. I think that Jeff and Christian have done an okay job of highlighting the majority of the perks <laughs> of being a patron, but I wanted to point out two big ones they have overlooked. The first perk is that they go over listener questions every episode of Paid DLC. These questions are typically pulled from the comments posted on the Patreon and range from funny questions like, what are you more scared of, zombies or skeletons, or serious ones? How did you learn to balance video games and parenthood? Or simply to have an ongoing dialogue with the patrons. I have personally had two of my questions answered, which was worth the price of the membership alone. The second perk 
is that you get to know Jeff and Christian better. The professional podcaster's exterior that is displayed on DLC is replaced with a more relaxed podcast jazz feel with Jeff and Christian opening up about their past experiences and personal lives. Topics covered have ranged from parenting advice, existential dread of parting with past life trophies, or stories about the Totally Rad Show. These conversations between two friends have been the midweek pick-me-up I needed. Whether you are a longtime listener who wants to give back for all the years of enjoyment, or someone wishing you could have more DLC to listen to, think about becoming a patron of DLC. I hope we get to the thousand mark. Thanks for all you do. Noel. Thanks, Noel. That is uh, very generous and kind. I know it's a bit self-serving as a, as a, as a uh, parting gift, but this is a legit email we got. And I thought, hey, why not feature it? So if you are uh, listening and, and haven't become a patron yet, want to give it a, a shot, check it out. Uh, become uh, like, no, listen, don't listen to us. Listen to Noel. Uh, Patreon.com slash DLC pod. And then because you listen to them, you can listen to more of us. Like that's exactly it's a circle of life. Yeah. I do love those Wednesday shows. One, I also love that they said that we were friends. Everybody heard that. So um, Jeff and I are in fact friends. There's there's a lot of embellishment in that email. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. If you'd like to have your, your parting gift read on our show. Send it to us, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. And you don't have to be about us. We like hearing about other stuff too. But every once in a while, we take, we're a little self-serving. And we, we take, uh, we take the, the kudos and we read it back to the audience. We appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Will Schultz and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan and Zero Star for those awesome bumpers. Thanks to our uh, theme song composers, White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold. Uh, Thanks to each and every one of you who listen to the show. And a special thank you to our top hype train patrons right now. It's time to thank our hype train patrons. You know who I'm talking about. Patrons like Curtis from Louisville, Kyle Starr, Anthony Gulas, Dan Flanagan, Riley Knox, Rob Rickman, Sasan, Hank Patton, Cheesy Bob, Adam Denby, Scooby Diesel, Victor Valenzuela, Jonathan Talbert, Chris Zacharias, Matt Bradley, Jeff Luxack, Mitchell Ness, Jonathan Putney, Christian Bray.
bravery. And Octavian Ritziu. Thank you to all of you. Your generosity is appreciated. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.